0: this morning i'm going to be looking at i've been praying through this week as to what god is wanting to say and he just kept pulling me back to to what he's been showing me in my own time personally with him through the past couple of weeks the title that he actually gave me was was courage courage in the waiting waiting times i don't know for you but for me are often been probably one of the hardest times in my life and yet one of the richest and the times where I have grown the most. Waiting times could look like waiting for breakthrough in great trial, suffering under injustice, waiting for the fulfilling of a promise or waiting for a long awaited event. They're often not easy times, but they're often the times of real transformation. If we're willing to really just let God do what he wants to do in those times and let him have his way, we can allow the waiting times to either break us or make us, depending on our response. I want to start by looking at a story that... As I've been reading in the past couple of weeks, I've been struck by these two women in their circumstances of, of waiting and their response in their waiting. Genesis chapter 29, and if you'd like to read with me, open up, um, starting at verse 16. It's the story of Rachel and Leah. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter Rachel. Laban said, It's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob, and Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as, his, as her maidservant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one." Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also, in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maid servant, And Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved he gave me this one too so she named him Simeon again she conceived and when she gave birth to a son she said now at last my husband will become attached to me because I've borne him three sons so he was named Levi she conceived again and when she gave birth to a son she said this time I will praise the Lord so she named him Judah And then she stopped having children. And then down to chapter 30, verses 22 to 24. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and he opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. And she named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add to me another son. Two sisters in very difficult circumstances two different sisters married to the same man Rachel's described as as beautiful but she was the one who had to wait for the fulfilling of the promise to her that, that she would marry Jacob but then suffered under the deception of her father Laban Rachel who longed for children and remained childless while her sister Leah bore 6 and a daughter and barrenness in these times as Rachel experienced was actually looked on as a sign of God's disfavour and it was almost like life wasn't worth living if you couldn't have children. Leah is described as having weak eyes and interestingly we can read that and think it's a negative description of her but the Hebrew word rashot actually means gentle, soft, delicate. She was given in marriage to a man whose heart was for her younger sister and who spent many years longing and waiting to be loved by her husband. As we read this situation, as we read the story, we see, I guess I, I was really saddened because the response of these two sisters was often one of jealousy, of envy, and of rejection. They had a choice in their circumstances. And yet through it all, we see of God's unconditional love and his compassion being woven through their story. And we're reminded through Leah's declaration in her naming of her first two sons that he is the God who sees, he is the God who hears, and as Rachel was reminded, he is the God who remembers and who never forget our God is a God of compassion I love this verse in Psalm 56 verse 8 which reads you keep track of all my sorrows you've collected all my tears in your bottle and you've recorded each one in your book we may not be able to change our circumstances but we do have a choice in how we respond to them and God will always have his way no matter what our response in our circumstances nothing can thwart his plans, as it says in job 42 verse two I want to share another story with you. this story is of a, a young married nearly married well young married couple who were really looking forward to becoming parents and on learning of their their pregnancy, they were greatly excited and thrilled and eagerly looking forward to raising this little one that God had blessed them with. They spent the time in pregnancy praying for this little one, growing in the young mum's womb. And during that time, the young mum actually had a dream where God revealed to her that this little one within her womb was a baby boy. The time came for this little one to be born great joy for this young couple, welcoming this little one into their family, to their new family this little one very precious was also a little one who was greatly distressed who spent the first early months screaming and very difficult to, to comfort and this young mum went through a time of really just struggling to know how to properly care for this little one. It seemed that everything she tried to do to help this little one wasn't making much of a difference. The sleepless nights, the the constant crying, the well-meaning advice of fellow friends with babies who seemed to be doing everything right was taking its toll. And she slowly began to withdraw. She began to to think on the words that were actually not true, that she was perhaps a failure as a mum, that she couldn't do this. This was just too hard. And it led to the point of getting to a day where she just did not want to keep going, where she began to believe that if this is what being a mum is, she didn't want a part of it. But as she got to that point, she also recognised that she'd actually been blessed with this little one and that God had blessed her with this baby. She was the mum, the right mum, the best mum for this baby. And so in that moment, in that time of darkness, of despair and of discouragement, of hopelessness, she chose slowly to begin listening to what her father was speaking and saying. And she slowly began to stand. To stand in what God was speaking to her. And as you may have already started to guess, that young mum was me. When Jeremy and I were praying through the pregnancy and asking asking the Lord for a name for this little one. The name that he gave us was Samuel. And interestingly Samuel means God hears in those months of crying out to God and asking why, what am I doing wrong, of things seemingly getting worse rather than better. God was listening, God was actually drawing me closer to Himself in that time, not trying to do things the way I thought they should be done as a mum, or perhaps how I was looking on at others and how they were doing things. But actually, standing in who I was as Samuel's mum and letting God work through me and show me how to be the mum he wanted me to be. It wasn't an easy time. It was probably one of the hardest times that I've been through. But it was a time, as I said, where I grew so much closer to the Lord and I also was learning how to fight, how to stand and standing in what God was saying but also what I knew to be true instead of believing the lies and allowing the enemy to rob me of what he'd given instead of fighting God because I was angry, I was angry at God and longing for things to be different, I began to surrender. And I began to fight for our son. Together we began to fight for our son. As I said, it wasn't an instant process, an instant change. It was a process as I allowed God to transform my mind and my heart. And instead of seeing my situation as not being fair, I began to look more at the one who had every right to say life isn't fair, the Mm -hmm. one who walked this earth the one who took the weight of our sin, the filth of our sin, on himself so that we could experience the extent of his love and his mercy and his grace. Yes, I still had my tough days, but I was learning more to live in the awareness of God's presence and of God's love for me. And it was, as I said, through this time that my relationship with him was deepened and I learnt how to fight his way. And I can stand today giving praise to him for the four amazing children that he has blessed Jeremy and I with. Psalm 40, verses 1 to 5. This is one of my favourite psalms. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. And he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. He doesn't look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you plan for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Despite our failings, God always fulfills his promises and his plans. And he brings his beauty out of heartache. If we look back at Leah and Rachel's story, the ending reminds us of this. The, re- the ending reminds us that God always has the final say because it was through Rachel that God brought forth Joseph, the one who became that mighty leader and saved not only his family but a nation out of severe famine and was part of God's fulfilling of the promise to Abraham. It was through Leah that God established the lineage of the priests of Israel through Levi and through the line of Judah, as we know, one of the greatest kings, King David, and ultimately our Messiah. Psalm 20, verses 7 to 8, such a great declaration. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand. I don't know if you're going through a waiting time at the moment, if you're waiting for God to fulfill some promise that he's spoken. Maybe you're waiting for breakthrough in some really tough situation, maybe healing of some sort. I believe God is wanting to remind us today that he sees, he knows, he hears you and he remembers what he has spoken and he will do as he has said. But we also need to be willing to see, to look to him, to listen to what he's saying, to remember and to stand on what he's spoken. As Paul reminded us last week, the power of words. What words are we speaking over ourselves? What words are we speaking into our situation? Are they what God is saying or are they coming from the struggle in our flesh? God is calling calling us to himself, calling us to stand on what he is saying and on who he is. And as we do that, we'll find that we begin to rise up And we we begin to walk in his strength and in his victory, and he will be glorified. Isaiah 40, verses 26 to 31. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In a moment just going to play a song that I just really encourage you to to just sit and listen to the words and as you listen if you want to join in and singing by all means but I just want us to stop and think about how we're going to respond to God this morning. It might be getting on our knees and just acknowledging some words that we've been taking on and believing that are not true, giving in to discouragement or despair because things aren't working out the way that we would like or hope. Or maybe it's actually standing and raising your hands and declaring who he is. And at the end of it, if you would like somebody or some people to be standing with you in prayer in your own situation, I'd really encourage you to do that because we are a family. And we don't want to do life on our own. We want to stand together. So if that's you, perhaps at the end of the song, I just encourage you to go over to the corner and there'll be some people who will want to stand with you and pray with you. So let me just pray before we play this song. Father, I thank you for the reminder this morning that you are the God who sees who sees every tear that falls, that you are the God who hears, who hears every cry that comes from our lips and our hearts. And you are the God who remembers, who is faithful to your word. Thank you that you are our rock, that you never change, that you are steadfast, and that when we hope in you, We are never disappointed. As John writes in Revelation 1, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen.